Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. I want to start by quoting a nursery rhyme that my mother used to share with me when I was just a little boy. I think when you listen and hear it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. How many of you remember hearing that as a child? How many of you have shared that with your children? And if you're like Cindy and I, your grandchildren. You know, sometimes in life, we all have a Humpty Dumpty moment, don't we? Where it seems like the bottom falls out, our world has crashed and and just shattered all over in pieces around us. And when those times happen, whether broken by life and circumstances or other maybe bad choices, the overwhelming sense of not feeling there's any help available can be devastating. That's when people look to other coping skills to try and make it through. That's when people, if they give up all hope, even go to take drastic measures in harming their own lives. God doesn't want that, amen? God loves people, and, and honestly, the truth is, we're all broken today. We all have flaws. We all have imperfections. We've all had decisions that we've made in life that we wish we could snatch back, but we can't. And we want to be able to move on, but many times people say, I don't know how. Well, that's why I'm here today. I have good news. I have good news. That which is impossible for men, that's you and me, is possible with God. It is. I believe in that. I've been a preacher of the gospel over 40 years now. And I didn't need a job, but I received a calling. And I've been sharing this hope, and I want to talk about that today. And so the good news is this. God restores, the title of my message, Cracked Pots. You're all a bunch of cracked pots. You have flaws, you have fractures, you have imperfections, areas of vulnerability. Everybody has them. But the real issue is, is how do I move beyond them? How do I get past all of the cracks? How can I get on with life? How can I feel that that I'm an addition to my family, to my company, to life, to those around me, rather than an anchor or a weight that holds people back? When I began to pray about this whole topic, and God gave me the title to this message, I think I shared this last Sunday. All I had was the title. I had no content to my outline yet. But God gave me the title, Cracked Pots, because honestly, I believe the number one thing that people in society No matter what the culture, no matter what the nation, people struggle with feeling insignificant, feeling flawed, broken. And I believe with all of my heart the reason people stay away from churches is not because they don't want to go, but when they go into a church setting or something that reflects the things of God, The devil reminds them of all of their cracks. 
They see all of their imperfections. And they feel so unworthy. They feel that they're a hindrance. They're ashamed. And not that the people around them are communicating that because most of the time, none of you know what the person on your left or right is, it has made in the way of choices, good or bad. But the devil has a way of just infiltrating our thought processes with all of these emotions that are negative to pull us down rather than build us up. And so rather than be reminded that I don't make the mark, I don't measure up, people hide. Isn't that what Adam and Eve did after they sinned in the garden? God came walking. He said, where are you? We're hiding. They hid from the presence of God. Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to hide from His presence anymore. God is on your side. Listen to me. I know He is. Look at the person next to you, in fact, and just tell them, say, God is on your side. He is. He loves you. He has a purpose, a plan for your life. After receiving the uh, title, the theme that I really felt God told me to speak about, he laid this portion of Scripture on my heart. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. You can also follow along on the screens behind me. And we have bulletins that have an area called Sermon Notes. Take advantage if you feel you want to write any of these principles down to maybe ponder or meditate on later. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. That clay represents us. And when a potter is reworking the clay on the wheel, what's he dealing with? The imperfections. Like I said, everyone has flaws. No one's without them. Everyone has cracks, imperfections. And you know what the Bible calls these cracks? Sin. None of us are without sin. No matter how good we try to live, still that contamination factor of sin is there. And without God's help, everybody say God's help. And without God's help, we'll never be able to move past that sin problem. That's why because sin is a spiritual problem, it can only be resolved with a spiritual solution. We need God's help. And I'm so glad He's ready and willing and has already taken steps to help. So as we look at our text, you'll find in that portion of Scripture I read, the solution, the spiritual solution God brings for this sin problem that has cracked us begins at the potter's house. The potter's house. Do you know I have found in life, and it's true no matter where you go, your source determines your resource. I'm a writer. I also own a publishing company. And there are many people that submit their manuscripts to my company. And when we read through, we measure to see if all of the source that they're referencing is accurate. You don't want to publish a book and have it out in the marketplace and, and then maybe there was plagiarism or there was sources that were not really viable and accurate. And so we always check the source before approving the final work. 
in the news uh, industry when someone has the new scoop and they go to the editor-in-chief and, and say, I've got a great story, we need to run this. Then the editor-in-chief, if he's doing, or he or she is doing their job, they'll respond by saying, what's your source? What's your source? Is it accurate? Is it dependable? No news organization wants to have a, a, a defamation suit against them or be guilty of inaccurate you know, facts and statistics. And the same thing is true with the Lord. He is the only source that can really come through with this issue called sin. Think about it this way. If you have a cracked pot, where do you go to have the pot repaired? To the potter. When your shoes break, do you go to the doctor or do you go to the shoemaker? When a water pipe bursts in your home, you know, you call a plumber. If there's a wall socket in your hallway or bedroom that's not functioning, you call an electrician. And if your car won't start, you call a mechanic. And that same principle is true with the cracks in our lives, our flaws, our imperfections. If your life is broken, you go to the one who gave you life. That's the Lord. He made us. He says we're His people. We're not of ourselves. He has fashioned and shaped each of us. And when you look at the potter's house, do you know what that really represents? It represents the presence of God. See, when you go to where God lives, when you go to His house where His presence is, and I'm not saying He lives within these four walls. He comes and visits us within these four walls because God's not about brick and mortar. He's about flesh and blood. He's about people. But when we gather in His name, and we're here to honor Him, wasn't the music wonderful today? I love that one song, there's a new name written down in glory. I thought I was going to hear the old hymn, and then they blew me away with that black gospel song. I always told my previous congregation was predominantly Afro-American and Hispanic, and my church used to always call me white chocolate. They said, Pastor, you may be white on the outside, but you are black on the inside. And that was one of the greatest compliments, because growing up in the music industry, you know, Motown were my roots. But that has nothing to do with what I'm preaching about, so we'll continue on. The potter's house is where the presence of God is. And when you go to where God is and you meet Him face to face, when you don't try to hide, you don't put on any phony identity, but just go humble and you say, Lord, I need your help. I've come to where you are, your presence. Because I'm broken clay. I'm a broken pot. I have issues. There are things I can't get beyond. And sometimes the brokenness in our lives may be fears or insecurities. Maybe it's someone who has wrestled with depression for many, many years. Maybe it's a struggling marriage. Maybe you had a failed marriage and you just feel like I'm a failure now. And you, you, you measure your self-worth and your identity based on your failure rather than what God says about you. There are many things. Maybe your health has been compromised. I remember I had a health issue many years ago when I, when I first began to build my previous church. This strange disease came over me. I was so weakened by it. They never gave a name to it, but God supernaturally healed me. Literally, the way it came a year and a half later, it just disappeared. Thank God. But they never gave a name to it. But during that time, that season, I had literally no strength. And, and Cindy and our four girls had to do all the work around the house 
I could barely gather my strength to preach. I remember one Sunday, I, I, I prayed to the Lord privately in my office before I came out. And I said, Lord, I feel like a hypocrite. See, I was letting my cracks out. I feel like a hypocrite. I pray for people to be healed. I pray for people to be restored. And look at me. And you know, God really challenged me and he said, do you believe that I heal and restore because you experience it or because I've said it? I said, Lord, I've forgiven me. I went out, God moved. Two weeks later, I was healed. Two weeks later. You know, don't measure God's word by whether or not you have it or not yet. Measure his promises by his faithfulness. And you know, when you take and you find yourself in the Father's house and, and, and you really are asking God for help, I've come to your presence, Lord. I need help. He responds. When you look at that word house in the Hebrew that's used in our portion of Scripture that I read earlier, that word house is also defined as, you'll find this interesting, dwelling, tabernacle, temple. So when it talks about the potter's house, it's really referencing a place of dwelling, a temple, a tabernacle. And when you read that in its proper context as, context, as we did, you'll find then that the, the potter's house really reveals the potter's identity, God, his house. And notice when he made his way, Jeremiah, to the potter's house, he was able to hear God speak. And again, what the devil tries to do, he tries to cause us to feel so inadequate because of our cracks, our fractures, our imperfections, that church is the last thing we want to do. Reading the Bible is the last thing we want to do. Maybe you have some Christian friends and you find yourself trying to hide from them. You go to the grocery store. Now, I know none of you ever hide from anyone in the grocery store, but there's been someone, someplace, sometime where you see that person. You just picture whoever it is. But for some, that person is somebody that loves Jesus. And every time they see you, they say, man, how are you doing? Why don't you come to church with me? So you hide from them. And it's not because you don't like them, but it's really because of your flaws, your sin, your cracks, your imperfections. You feel guilty when you see them because he or she reminds you of God. And the devil can so warp our thinking that he causes individuals to think, God's really angry with me. If God was angry with you, why would an angry God give his only son to be tortured and put to death for people he's angry with? Doesn't make sense. It's an inaccurate narrative. God loves you. He wants you in his presence. When Adam and Eve hid in the brush and they sewed fig leaves on their bodies to try and cover their sin, hiding from God and covering their sin with a man-made remedy. God still sought for them. He already knew what they did. In fact, he said, have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He already knew they did. God sees it all. You can't close the door on God. Pull the shades down. God might see, right? Can't do that. He already knew. But he was giving them an opportunity to come forward to be transparent so he could help them. And that's where he is with all of us. And the people you know. That's why back to church Sunday. 
But honestly, every week should be back to church Sunday, where we're bringing people we know who are broken, who are hurting, who are flawed, and they really don't know where to turn. That's why I do what I do. That's why Jesus saved all of you. Those of you watching online, you have been called by the Lord. Jesus said, be salt and light. What does salt do? It makes people thirsty. And what does light do? It makes things clear, brings clarity, so people can see the real Jesus rather than the misrepresented Jesus. There have been Christian organizations that misrepresent Jesus. We know the secular media misrepresents him all the time. But where is he not misrepresented? In his word. This is where you meet God. This is where you come into his presence and you change. And we are the clay. We are the pottery, the container, the dwelling place, the tabernacle that God wants to fill with his spirit. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. This is what God says to Jeremiah, but it's true for all of us. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Listen to me. According to this scripture, you just read it, it's on the screens behind me. You are a God-shaped man and woman. If you have the breath of life, everybody do this. Let me hear. That means you have the breath of life. Can't do that if, 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 you, if you're laying on a gurney and, there, and, and life has left your body. Do you have the breath of life that God has shaped you, male and female, a God-made man and a God-made woman for a purpose? Not to survive, not to learn how to coexist with your cracks, with the imperfections, the flaws, those things that you look at and you hate, you look in the mirror, you don't see you, you see the cracks. He has sent his son, Jesus. He says, I love you. I'm going to make a way for you. And he has. Before you were born, he knew you. Think about that. No human being could do that. It had to be God. And that's why he's the only one who's best equipped to restore you. Stop running to all of the alternatives that really aren't alternatives at all. They're just dead-end streets. Go to the one who is the potter. Go to his house. Allow him to take you as a piece of clay in his hands on his wheel. And he'll reshape you. He'll work with you. He'll transform you. He'll give you hope. I would have never thought that God could do with me what he's done. I was in the music industry. My father was an alcoholic involved with organized crime. I was filled with depression at the age of 13 and 14. My life was broken because of all of the pain in my home. But then unexpectedly, to me, but not to God, he reached down and he said, Craig, just like I just read to you, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And where you are now is not where I'm taking you. And I thank God for what he's done in my life. And the same is true for you. Wherever you may be right now, right now. And sometimes even those who are closest to you don't know that deep recess, that crack, that fracture, that imperfection, that flaw that you hate. No one knows it but you. And you're saying, is there any way out of this? 
I'm here to tell you. He says, Craig, your name, place your name there. Before you were even a thought in your mother and father's minds. I destined a purpose for your life. That means he has already orchestrated your way of escape, your way of return, your way of restoration. And I, to me, that's good news. You ever, you know, the scripture refers to the word gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's also translated the good news of Jesus Christ. That's good news to me because I tell you, when I finally came to the Lord and I was ready to end my life, God reached down, He touched me, and I've never been the same. You know when the Bible says, those who are forgiven much, love much, God forgave a lot in my life. I'm here to tell you firsthand, not to brag, but to brag on Him. No matter where you are, no matter what your cracks, your flaws, your imperfections, I'm telling you, you are not hopeless. There is no sin that was not left unnailed to the cross. Every sin, every crack, every flaw, every sickness, every disease, God's faithful. Praise the Lord. So once we go to the potter's house, then it's time for the potter's wheel. The hands that made you can restore you. Remember when the man who was born blind from birth came to Jesus? Look at the narrative and then look at what Jesus does with this man before the miracle transpired. John's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Having said these things, this is Jesus after he had finished his narrative, what he wanted to share, not only for the blind man, but those who were bystanders listening and watching. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Remember in Scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We're going to look at that a little later on as well. But remember when God formed man, the last of his creation. What substance, what material did God use to create mankind from? Dirt. The dust of the earth. So that means every human being from Adam, Eve on, we're the offspring of how God began. We were fashioned from the dirt or the clay of the earth. And now here's this man, this blind man from birth. And scholars and theologians bring out alike that this man, when he was born, the defect was so extreme, he had no eye sockets. So it was more like just skin. So when Jesus reached down and grabbed some dirt, some clay, some dust. And he spit into it and made mud. He made clay. In other words, Jesus was at the very beginning when the first man was made. And just as God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because what was the narrative there? It says, let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image. That was the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, conversing with one another and just as God reached down and formed the very first man from the dirt of the earth, 
God would restore through Jesus, God the Son incarnate, through the same dirt on his eyes. Now, it's interesting. It says he spit in the dirt. Now, if anyone ever wants to spit on you, don't let them. But if Jesus does, know that there's a miracle that's going to follow. And he put that on his eyes. Then he told him to go wash. Go wash out the dirt in that pool called Siloam. Can you imagine what that man must have been thinking? It was caked on there. It wasn't like a little dabble, do you? I mean, it was caked. And so someone probably had to lead him to the pool. He reached over, began to take scoops of water with his hands, running down, but then through his eyes. Then he did the same to the other eye, and then all of a sudden, all right, either it worked or it didn't. He could see the miracle. God restoring physically broken clay. And God restores broken minds as well. He restores broken hearts, broken lives, all ravaged because of sin, those cracks, and then sometimes the sin in others that causes them to treat us in an abusive fashion. Some of you may have possibly grown up in a home where it was verbal abuse, maybe physical abuse, sexual abuse. Those of you watching online with so many people who follow our broadcast, I'm sure there are those of you out there, I'm here to tell you the Lord loves you. And He can even bring you back from the depths of that despair to a place of acceptance, restoration, newness of life, a whole new outlook. All because he went to the potter's house where he lives. He said, take my life. He allowed your clay to be put on the potter's wheel. And then that sets a miracle in motion. But it's important to understand that the potter's wheel is of no use unless we're willing to become the potter's clay. Just as God is the potter, that's what you and I are, the clay. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, I mentioned this a moment ago, but now I want to reference it so you can write it down. This is the creation of man. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Really what happened was God took soil, dirt, clay, and he shaped this soil into a living soul. A living soul that was made in his image. A clay pot, you could say. A pot made to contain something in the future. But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, what happened? Again, the pot cracked. And it was at that moment everything seemed lost. But as God always does, he had a plan. God always has a plan. He sees the beginning he sees before the beginning. He sees the end. He sees beyond the end. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 4. I love this verse because it brings it all together. It says, the vessel, who? The potter. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. That's you and me. He starts with imperfection. 
and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. This was actually God prophesying of what Jesus Messiah would do when he came to earth. Jesus, when he left his home, the right hand of the Father and came to earth. He was deity at that point. But then when he came to earth, he became clay, just like you and I. Only the difference was, all of humanity are imperfect clay. But because it was supernatural how Jesus was given life, he became perfect clay, untouched by sin. His conception was sinless. No seed of man was involved. It had to be that way because David says, in sin my mother conceived me. That means in the very seed of a man, sin is there. It's genetic. It's passed on from generation to generation. So that's why when you, when you take and see how God the Father moved, he had to establish a second Adam who would get it right because the first Adam missed the mark. And Jesus was supernaturally conceived in the womb of Mary. Then he was born without sin lived without sin. And that means when his body, which was fashioned from clay, just like us, when it was broken on the cross, Satan was guilty of breaking the wrong clay. Jesus took on your sin, my sin, but yet he had no sin. What he did was so that he could make possible what was lost in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve made a bad decision could be restored reclaimed on the cross look at second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 the apostle paul is speaking here paul says for he god the father he's referencing who made him jesus god the son for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him because of jesus he allowed his life, perfect clay, to be broken so that imperfect clay, you and I, could be restored. That's it, simply put. God wants you to know, if you forget everything else I've said this morning, remember this. When the Lord looks at you, you know what he says? He, he turns to Jesus or maybe Peter, maybe Moses, one of the prophets of old, and he says, see that person right there sitting in River of Life Church? They're worth it. They're worth it. Others may feel like you, and even communicate you have no worth, but God says you're worth it. Think about it. He knows you have cracks, flaws, and imperfections. That's why He came. He's here to help you, not to hurt you. And that's why He has provided a way of escape. And it begins at the potter's house. Don't run from God, run to Him. Don't allow all of the imaginations and all of the narratives that try to give you every reason why not to read the Bible, why not to be in church, why not to begin to establish a closer relationship, or maybe there's no relationship, to establish a relationship with the Lord. Don't allow those narratives to rule and reign and take precedence any longer. Come to that place where you're saying, I'm tired of living this way. Honestly, I know I was, and thank God I found him as a young man, or I may not be alive today. So when you come to the place where you say, I, I, I don't want to live like this, 
anymore. They go and run to his presence, the potter's house. And they give him permission to reshape your life, to work with you. I love what Scripture says. Paul says this to the Philippians. says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You know, the potter, God, isn't going to leave you and I, the clay, on the potter's wheel unfinished. Uh, Get me another piece of clay. I'm tired of this one. See how foolish that sounds? Because it is foolish. God will complete what he's begun in you. And once we allow ourselves to stay on the potter's wheel, that's when we transfer ownership. We're no longer our clay, but we're God's clay. The potter's clay. Listen, very simply put, my title all over again. There is hope for cracked pots. I'm looking at a bunch of cracked pots. I'm a cracked pot. And I can stand here with full confidence, thanksgiving, fully assured, there is hope. And Jesus is that hope. Amen. Bring your flaws today. That's what I'm going to just simply ask you to do. Bring your flaws, your cracks, your imperfections, the brokenness, all of those things that you recognize no one else knows and they don't have to know. Frankly, it's none of their business unless you feel to share with them. But whatever it is, the sin, the cracks, anything, whatever it is, the insecurities, the fears, feelings of inadequacy, vulnerability, whatever it is, just bring all of that brokenness to Jesus today. It's very simple. It's not about joining the church. It's not about making a pledge. It's just simply coming to the Lord and asking Him, Lord, would you do for me what I am unable to do for myself? Jesus is waiting. He's here. We may not see Him with our visible eye, but I can assure you, He's in this auditorium. This is a divine appointment. He wanted you to know he's waiting for you. He loves you. He doesn't want to see you stressed over all of the cracks that you just can't seem to rectify and remedy. He says, let me help. That's why I came. Give your life. Give it to Jesus. Amen? I tell you, this January, I'll say it all the time. I'm so proud of it because of what Jesus did. This January, the first Sunday in 2024, it will be 50 years since I gave my heart to Jesus. I got saved in 1974, and literally I've never been the same. And I can't wait to count your spiritual birthdays with all of you as well. Let's all stand. If it's your desire, if it's your desire to allow your life, the clay that you are, to be placed on the potter's wheel in the hands of Jesus, then as the musicians and the worship team lead us in this closing song before we move on to all of the other amenities we have waiting, as they sing, I just want to encourage you, don't have to, but I just I found that there's something very establishing in our own resolve, in our hearts and minds, when we just sort of step out 
and just come and you're saying before God, Lord, from this day forward, my clay belongs to you. It's your clay. It's the potter's clay. I'm yours. So as they lead us, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you need to, again, just reaffirm, I've taken the clay back and I'm messing things up. I want to give my life, my clay, back to the Lord. Lord, fix my flaws. Work on my cracks. He will, because that's just who He is. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.